A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. How do you start a podcast that's a bit of a laugh, a bit of a giggle, and when one half of the population here in the UK is grieving while the other half is denying it was them? And those of us in the middle are wondering what to say or do. I think it's fair to say it's been a bit of a week for many of us, for many of you. But I tell you what, let's not pretend it isn't happening or hasn't happened. And of course, deal with it if it comes up. But until then, welcome back to the pub, babes. after the tone, after the tone, leave your Hello and welcome to another edition of After the Tone. I am, as ever, Scotty, your host, and together with my mate Deb, producer Deb to you lot, don't you ever dare call Deb Deb, uh, we bring you 40 minutes-ish of the thoughts inside people's heads from across the world. Everything you're about to listen to has been sent to me as a voice note via our burner phone. I have no idea what's about to be said, and so I'm in the same boat as you. It might be the most engaging half hour of your life, it could bore you to tears. I mean, I just want to be upfront about that because, you know, let's be fair, no one ever said this was going to be entertaining or as funny as a northern white stand-up comic and his wife saying things like, oh, he never picks up his pants from the bathroom floor. Can you believe it? (laughs) Honestly, the things the straight people listen to, (laughs) it's no wonder why they're so boring. Hello to the regulars, shout out to the backstage crew, and also to the long-time lurkers. Debbie, let's empty the sack and see what these retrovates have been doing this week. Oh, God save us. Did you see Trisha Goddard absolutely smashing Piers Morgan about racism? So I don't usually watch uh, Good Morning Britain, but I've been keeping abreast of all this stuff to do with Meghan and Harry and how they are alleging that the royal family have been racist and just outright mean and just their regular fascist white supremacist dickheads to Meghan and Harry. It's not usually what I uh, pay attention to but I feel like it's got an importance because you know they might end up dismantling the royal family. We can but dream. But anyway, I was uh, watching Piers Morgan be his usual knob on Good Morning Britain. Again, a show that I don't actually usually watch, but there was a little clip of Trisha Goddard and I thought of the podcast because obviously Trisha Goddard and she absolutely took Piers Morgan down saying, you have no right to talk about racism, you have no right to do this and that. And it was bloody brilliant. 
Oh, lovely. Well, I feel I can call Trisha Goddard Trish. You know, she's a long fan, listener, avid. <laughs> I mean, she's called up once, but look at me. Showbiz friend, evidently, Trisha Goddard. Trish to me and Deb. Trisha Goddard to you lot. Yeah, no, I don't watch that sort of septic telly because what are we going to get from it? I mean, we know he's a knobhead. We know he's a dick. I really liked your use of alleged racism as well, <laughs> you know, just to make sure it gets past the lawyers. But I'm really okay with us saying that the royal family is legitimately racist. I mean, you know, there's humour in this, but I, there's absolute truth behind my voice when I say it. When people were sort of like the gammons of the world, the Brexiteers, you know, very upstanding white citizens were saying, the royal family are not racist. Like, it's built on it, you fucking bricks. Like, in which world are people like, no, this uh, colonial organisation is not racist. I don't understand. Excuse me, the reason why the Queen is the head of the Commonwealth is because she quite likes black people. As if, you fucking bricks! My God. So, anyway, there's that to contend with. Um, That Piers Morgana is uh, just a spoilt, petulant child. But, like Trump... A dangerous one. There's that beautiful meme, isn't there, of um, the company that Piers Morgan's is... Piers Morgan's, plural. My God, there might be two. Could be a lizard person, never know. The company that he's kept over the years, which I think sort of tells you something about who he is as a person in terms of... I think he's completely celebrity-led and completely self-invested. And this whole, like, bullshit that he tried to, like, suddenly be socialist for about five minutes. Anyway, if you've got no idea who we're talking about, you probably don't live in the UK or America, but Piers Morgana is just a prick, and that's what you need to know about him. I took to Twitter this week, as I do, because you know me, like the sound of my own voice, particularly in an echo chamber, like to hear people come back to me and say, yeah, you're so right, and I'm like, yeah, I'm a great person because that's what Twitter is, and I love it. Fuck it. You know, people are like, oh, Echo Chambers. I'm like, do you know what? It makes a fucking change to be able to hear yourself in the world. Do you know what I mean? So I'm really all right with, for five minutes, people saying I agree. I took to the Twitter vision because a lot of people from the arts follow me. Yeah, that's right. I could be accused of being cultural now and then. And a lot of those people have got three letters after their name given to them by the Queen because, you know... That racist organisation loves nothing but to indoctrinate arts and culture as if it somehow supports it. Apart from, you know, of course, pillaging it from other people's countries. Now, I'm always really concerned why people think it is appropriate to become a member of the British Empire or an officer of the British Empire, MBE or OBE. Sorry, you are completely okay with becoming a member of the British Empire. Now, perhaps for somebody like me, who, you know, secondhand Irish, my family made it very clear to me, you are not one of these people. Maybe it's clearer to me, like, why I don't want to be part of the British Empire. So I took to Twitter and I um, did a little bit of research and found out how you can give your MBE OBE back. So if you'd like the email... You can go onto my Twitter and it's at the Home Office and uh, you can um, ask for that back. Because, of course, if you're really standing against racism, people, if you're really, like, wanting to post your black squares and be like, 
you know, a hashtag support black business and all of that. Put your money where your fucking mouth is and stop being a fucking representative of the British Empire. Do it. Sort yourself out. Anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Thanks for calling. Hello, Scotty. It's Fanny here. I'm calling because I'm sitting at home on my own and I needed to talk to someone. I've spent the day being added by men. But hashtag not all men. And it just... I think it's collective hurt. I'm a non-binary person, but I really identify with women and femme as a way of being. And I've spent so much of my life campaigning for better for women, for my fellow queer and gay people. Basically anyone who isn't like that man. I'm sure you and a lot of your listeners will understand what I mean by saying that man. And it just feels like we haven't got anywhere. And I feel exhausted and fed up. And yeah, I guess I called just because I needed to say that to someone, even if it's a void. It's so fucked up, isn't it? You know, that we weren't even allowed to hold a vigil today. That we weren't even allowed to show our respect to another woman that has died at the hands of male violence a police officer no less and i believe the met stood in the way to cover their own butts you know they didn't want to experience the fallout for this guy and allowing this guy to feel empowered to do this act I was planning with a group of women today that we would get together in Essex and Essex Police also cancelled and it was just so disappointing, you know, so disappointed. I haven't even got the energy to be angry anymore. You know, I tried to stand up for women today online and all that happened was men proved their point. You know, they came at me. And whilst I tried to maintain decorum and reason, and all they could do was support mine and many other people's thoughts about men by attacking me personally. If you're silent, you're making you deserve it. And if you stand up and fight, then you're victimising yourself. Where the fuck do we go? Where the fuck do we go from here? You know, there are some great men out there and there are great men in my life. And it's just so... Thank you very much, Fanny. And I really appreciate the effort and the energy that it took to call in and let us know that and share that stuff. Like I said, we're not going to pretend that this isn't happening. If you live outside the UK, some of this grief might have not reached you and you might be unaware of what's happened. A woman called Sarah was allegedly murdered by a policeman. Her disappearance coming a few days after International Women's Day and just 
fatigue of misogyny, I think, has really kicked in. What it has created is anger. And so there was a vigil that was supposed to take place in London and it did take place to a certain extent and then the police came in and violently attacked those women, femmes, butchers and people who were peacefully marking the murder of yet another one of their siblings or sisters. This, for me, has real echoes of Mark Duggan's murder. Again, for context, Mark Duggan was a black man in London who was murdered by the same establishment, the Metropolitan Police, as being a suspect. He was suspected of doing something. And it created the same ripple as I feel now. And we're very early into the vigil at the time of recording was only a couple of days ago. And last night uh, we saw protests again, and I'm sure we will continue to see them, and disruptive action, all whilst the government here in the UK are debating whether or not we are able to protest, essentially. They are trying to put forward a bill in which our protests can be made silent and disparate and we could be facing £10,000 fine or an imprisonment. So we really, like, I think on so many fronts, this grief is escalating for people. It's really having a very emotional, raw response for many of us. I spoke online this week about, you know, I've never hidden the fact that gender for me is so ambiguous. I wouldn't ever like to say that I was a man, but I'm aware of how my body is read late at night. And so I'm cautious of the presence of my body, but I'm also cautious of the presence of my body around our shared oppressor as well, because the hands of the straight men have also been around my neck, but it's a different sort of violence. We never say here and after the time we've got any of the answers. We never say that this is a space for therapy or sorting it out, but it is a space for us to share and to grieve and... um, I think if there was anything that I'd share with you, it's what they tell us when we get on the plane, which is to put your own mask on before helping others. Don't feel, anybody who's listened to this, that it is your job as somebody who's actively oppressed through misogyny to uphold everything. Make sure that you are in the right headspace and position emotionally if you are going to fight that fight online. And the other thing I want to say is fuck decorum. Fuck decorum. Because it's just... Victorian misogyny. Let's be aggressive, let's be angry, let's be really fucking snotty tears. But listen, Fanny, I hope you're all right. I hope you're offering yourself some softness and much love from all of us over here to you over there. Scotty and producer Deb, I just want to start off by aggressively supporting you, okay? I don't do anger. Yes, I see a psychologist. It's very complicated. I am so fucking proud of what you've done yeah right so if you don't know what you've achieved or you amplify those voices that never get heard you talk about the complex taboo things that no one wants to hear about but they need to be talked about i'm also very proud of the boundaries you've created for your own self-care, right? Are you taking that two-week break? That was a chef's kiss. Just fantastic. I am very thankful for the space that you've created. I currently live in a household with my family who aren't supportive 
really at all kind of not safe for me to be me and you've shown me that I could potentially have a future not only a future but also one where there are people that accept me for me and love me for me and that I might be able to keep going don't want to get too deep you know um I phoned before about potentially being intersex and what you said really helped me because I realised that I don't have to label myself. I can exist in a space as I am. Everything's complicated like it always is, but I feel like I have a slightly clearer path than I did before. Love you lots. Bye. Oh, what a lovely call. Oh, that was a really lovely call. Do you know what? When it first started, I thought this person is definitely talking to the room and then I realised was actually talking directly to me and producer Deb. Lovely. Isn't that lovely? Do you know what I quite liked about that? <laughs> I know there was a lot to take from that. But I was like, this person stood right next to a wind chime and that is just... That's the chef's kiss. Like Debbie's going, do you know what? The audio pitch is fucking beautiful. <laughs> That wind chime just made me feel really calm, actually. So thanks very much. I think there is a message that we can all take from that, though, about um, self-care. That, yeah, sometimes we do need to take that time out. And do you know what? Revitalised for it. And ready to go and raring to go. Yeah, families can be real fucking dickheads, can't they? I know we're supposed to be like, you know, it's just been Mothering Sunday here in the UK. And I know we're all supposed to be like, oh my God, families are great. And, you know, Father's Day has happened, always happening. I mean, I don't know. That we're supposed to be embracing these weird nuclear things no that you know what the best thing i ever learned in therapy <laughs> was that my parents were dicks <laughs> when you start to realize oh god they're just people they're just fucked up people who are just fucked up as the people that grew them up <laughs> who grew them <laughs> talking about parents as if they are plants um you know I am very lucky that yes I came from a bit of a difficult background but my parents did a lot of work to fix that and mend that and change that and um I admire them fucking greatly for it but I do stand back from my family sometimes particularly like my uncle and my aunt <laughs> and I'm just like yeah <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to observe your family as if um, you're looking at them from the outside. So maybe try that. If there's a message that I could send back to you, yeah, massively keep fucking going. I know it can be a bit of a slog at times, but hello, we're all here. We're, over here in After the Tone, it's like we're all legitimately mental. And so if there's anywhere that you can feel at home and put your feet up, it's definitely here. Um, and just on that moment about being intersex and, you know, whether or not you were or are or working that out, you know, work it out in your own time. There's no rush. There's absolutely no rush. But also in the same breath, don't work it out. It just is, isn't it? Anyway, I hope you call again, because I really like that sort of aggressive, like, I'm so fucking proud of you. Gave me real sort of daddy vibes. And, um, you know, mummy's quite into that. <laughs> Hi, Scotty. It's sexual mishap person here. I don't think I really want that title. But anyway, I've given it to myself. Um, firstly, I apologise that I don't want a badge. I'm just not cool enough. And everyone around me thinks I can pull it off, so they give me badges. But I'm too old, farty art teacher. I'm just not cool. Anyway, um, regarding risk assessments for needing to listen to the podcast, 
my risk assessment for going to the toilet at the moment is already 12 pages so i think probably one to listen to a podcast is probably not required to and my peripheral vision loss as you asked was due to a cardigan but it was a case of the sleeves were all spunched up around my eyes so it put too much pressure on my eyes i am just a nightmare anyway take care of yourself thanks bye (laughs) now i am so glad you called back now listeners of season three episode one will realize this person called in and told us the misadventures of their mishaps whilst they were having a go at themselves or somebody was having a go at them. <laughs> now, do you know what? I love the fact that if you told me in the first message that you were an art teacher or that was your vibe, I would have been able to have guessed that the, <laughs> the thing over your eyes was a cardigan. It's so on brand. So on brand. You did so well there, hun. Also, 12 pages for going to the loo. What it is to exist in other bodies, particularly right now, um, members of my family and my friendship circle have got bodies in which they need additional support or additional care. And sometimes I'm just like the bureaucracy, that one, of just like having a shit is next level. So I want to just say thank you so much for calling in and letting us know. By all means, if you ever need to vent about any of the risk assessing, do call us up. But just make sure that you are in a safe position too, because I don't want you to have a misdemeanor whilst you're sending us a little voice note. <laughs> Hi, Scotty and uh, producer Debbie and everybody. <laughs> Here's my hospitalisation after sex story. I met a younger guy on the apps, went round, did the do, and I got one of these explosive headaches that some people get after sex. It was really, 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 really bad. Like, I felt like somebody had caved my skull in with a brick, staggered home, like, and yet the headache subsided after maybe a day or so. But I kept on getting smaller versions for another week. So I went to the, the GP and they said, oh, um, just to be on the safe side, go down to the hospital and get a little scan. Um, strolled down to the, the hospital and um, didn't leave for another two nights. They kept me in for a lumbar puncture after the CT scan and I was in hospital in the same clothes. It was just um, two and a half days of secondhand newspapers and women's weeklies. (laughs) Got told that I could potentially um, die a good 10 days after I actually had sex. (laughs) And that is generally one of the last times I've had sex. And that was more than four years ago. If there's anything this podcast is going to do to me, it's going to make me celibate. It's going, well, sorry, it's going to make me more celibate. <laughs> well, have, I genuinely am not usually this dumbfounded by the world because we've always got something to say, which is why the podcast often works. But, okay, first off, hookups. No sex shaming here. You know, all for it if you can. I think I've had about four in my life. I just can't do it. I just think it's awkward. I'm like, is this a shoes off house? <laughs> you know, I'm far too panicky about like other people's emotions. I'd be like, can we have a little sit down and talk about boundaries before? 
this your bedroom? Lovely. <laughs> Where did you get some scandals from, Jean? I've never had sex with someone called Jean, but you know, I'm just making it friendly. So you saying, oh, you know, went around somebody's house for a hookup. I, even that, I'm like, did you not have questions? And then explosive headaches. The, the thing I really want to pick you up on is where you're like, you know, you get those explosive headaches that, you know, like you get from having sex. And I'm like, no, no, sorry, did I miss a chapter? Anybody? Hello? Did I miss that version of like, this is something that might happen during sex? No, I've never heard of that. No, I'm afraid of this thing that I've never heard of. So I don't think I'll be having sex ever again. Also, they said that you might die. Okay, so the big take-home question here is, you said that was the last time you, one of the last times you had sex, which was about four years ago. Now, was that as a result of this? I mean, tell me to fuck off or not call back again, but are you not having sex because of that? Or, you know, you're just like, no, I don't fancy that anymore, which, you know, either way, fine. Has that been the thing that scared you? Wow, so many questions. Who would have thought? Explosive headaches. What next? Oh, and that feels like a lovely little moment to have a little bit of a breather. You know, it's heavy going this week and, you know, we don't shy away from those things. As I've said before, you know, me and Deb, loving warm embrace over here. But, you know, sometimes we just need a little commercial break, don't we? So I'm heading over to the Twitter vision and I've got a lovely little tweet here from somebody called Luke McDonnell. Hello, Luke McDonnell. How are you? I know I'm late to the party, but after the tone pod is dead lovely. Hearing Scotty chat about East London Cockneys and Irish Catholics is a great way to spend the afternoon and relive my childhood oh well hello to you luke lots of secondhand irish chat and very on brand because this week paddy's day falls and so special shout out actually to all the sort of secondhand paddies those of us who are irish through other means the children of the displaced so um special shout out and also special shout out to deb both of us are plastic paddies as they um so lovingly call us back home (laughs) if you want to call up and talk about any of that irishness you know we're all game here and if anything else is tickling your fancy but you don't quite fancy sending us a little voice note but you do want to join in the conversation hashtag after the tone pod on the instagram twitters or the facebooks and also a little shout out for our patreon patreon is a little space where you can give us a small amount of cash each month to keep the pod podcast going uh, there's a suggested donation of a pound a week and over there you can join in the backstage crew on the backstage information and get the gossip before it lands on the pod it's very exciting over there okay let's get on with the rest of the show i don't know why i felt like the need to sing that but maybe it's because i'm gay <laughs> Hi Scotty, hi producer Deb. Oh, how lovely to have the podcast back. I've really missed it. I just wanted to reach out to the caller with ADHD um, who got upset. I can relate. I was diagnosed last year at the age of 32, so that explained a lot. And I totally agree with the impact it can have on your childhood and your sense of self and stuff. But um, yeah, I also didn't have a father figure for a long period in my childhood. I mean, I had my granddad, but he didn't live with us for a long time. And um, I had this honorary uncle who just made me think of him. He was a neighbour and he was gay. His name was Ed. And 
he had AIDS and towards the end, I didn't fully understand what was going on. I just knew he wasn't well, but he was in a wheelchair towards the end and he asked if he could take me for a day out, which he often did. And he'd, he'd always look out for me because he knew my situation and I just loved him to bits. He tried to kind of make up for the parenting that I wasn't getting. Wonderful man. Anyway, so he takes me on this day out. We go to Woolworths in Clapham Junction and he says, look around and get whatever you want. And I said, what, really? He says, yeah, yeah, anything you want, get it. And he stacks all these toys and stuff up on his lap. And he says to me, now I don't have to pay because I'm special, so we're just going to go straight out. So he wheels towards the door and he's smiling and waving at the two security guards. And he says, hi, darling, I've got AIDS and I'll be gone soon, so don't bother calling anyone, all right, ta-ra. And he goes out and I thought nothing of it. I'm waving and smiling at them too. <laughs> it took me years after he passed to realise A, that he'd shoplifted and B, what AIDS was. I thought it was some exclusive like club membership where you get stuff for free. So when people at school would be like, you've got AIDS, I'd be like, oh, I wish I did. <laughs> Terrible. And I still laugh whenever I see Sylvanian families, bless him. Oh, God bless you, Ed, if you're out there somewhere. But um, big love to the caller. I really do relate. Take care. Oh, what a lovely story. I mean, when I say lovely, I mean absolutely heartbreaking. And really, I'm trying to hold it all together. Because when you think, yeah, the lost generation, I guess, it, it always um, it always pokes a little part of you, doesn't it? First off, I really love it when you lot talk to each other. I just absolutely love when you're like, right, I just want to say hello to the person you could... I just love that. I absolutely love it. It's like, um, do you remember that that Girls' World thing, those adverts on the television? I mean, it was just like a, a toy in which you couldn't speak to your friends, but made you pretend to think that you were talking to three random strangers, girls about... Hang on, one minute... It made you, like, have conversations as if you were, like, dating. Weird. Wild. Anyway, quite enjoy it when you have a little chat with each other. Oh, yeah. Bless Ed. And that's sweet. Gone are the days of Woolworths. It'd be where you could get um your CDs for one ninety nine, or if you're as old as me, tapes. And they also sold pick and mix, which I think is like most working class children's first experience of shoplifting. <laughs> when you go in and you're like, right, I'm gonna steal a penny sweet. <laughs> So I'm glad that Ed managed to steal you more than a penny sweet. And shout out to the Ed and her gang and the Lost Generation. And um, thank you for showing solidarity to other people on the pod. Oh. God, today it's it's a real fucking ride today, isn't it? Hiya, yes, Scotty, love. It's that JRF here. Hello, love. How are you? Right. Hello, producer Debbie. Are you the carer? Are you lovely Toby? Bless him. And hello, Harry and Liam. And Liam. I didn't want to say hello to Harry and Liam because clearly you were very triggered by it all. And it was all a bit too much. So I just wanted to put a pin in that. Any road, no news from my blood pressure. February 6th, that was. Not a word. Oh, going back to kidneys just for a moment from last week. My grandmother used to do many years ago when she was alive and she was stood near the, the oven. She used to cook 
deviled kidneys. When I was a child, I thought these were delicious. But I also remember my grandma saying, oh, they're cooked in their own juices, lamb kidneys. Now for our vegan brothers and sisters that are out there, avert your ears now. She used to cook lamb's kidneys in a bag of piss. It's grim up north. Anyway, uh, where was I? Yeah, no news from the blood pressure yet, which is a fucking nightmare. But what I will say is, from your um, World Obesity Day hack, I got quite rattled and I contacted my doctor because I'm like, my blood pressure's up in the rafters. I've got a metabolic unit nurse saying, oh, yeah, if you carry on the way this is going, you'll be dead, you know, 80% chance of getting a heart attack or a stroke. I'm like, well, fucking help me then. You've been telling me I'm fat. Come on, do something. Because everything I'm doing isn't working. And then the doctors referred me to the biatrics, uh, uh, the group or whatever it is. And this is where they'll just talk about having bariatric surgery and then I'll be fucked if I'm going to have a fucking gastric sleeve or gastric band. So you think that, okay, I've got a glamorous list of eating disorders and God knows what else that's made me fat and wobbly, as well as medication that makes me fat and wobbly. And yes, I'm not going to pass all the blame onto external factors. I do like a cake, but I am doing my 10,000 steps a day. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. You're either going to put a gastric sleeve in me or you're going to berate me for the rest of my life. Or apparently I'm going to be terrified into having a stroke or diabetes or God knows what else. Yeah, JRF is a bit pissed off. Also, side note, were you filth shaming me? Am I not allowed to talk about filth? Am I just got to be this sterile little camp pudding? I hate to say it, but... um. Yeah, I ejaculate, I masturbate, I've got a penis, I enjoy my body. Um, is that a crime? Anyway, it's lovely to have you back. And lots of love to you and the listeners, and Harry and Liam and Liam. Lots of love and light to you all, and a big kiss from that JRF. Well, I did tell you it was going to be a heavy one today. And look, she's here. <laughs> Lamb kidneys in a bag of piss. Now, that's the title of your book, isn't it, dear? A big take home for me was bariatric. That is a drag king name waiting to happen, isn't it? If there is not a fat drag king in the world called bariatric, they are doing it fucking wrong. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, the system that we have here in Englandshire and Scotlandville is this sort of one-size-fits-all, no pun intended, where, you know, I see it with mental health support as well, particularly when I'm, like, navigating the mentals, that if you don't fit what they are able to offer then they are unable to effectively help. And I think this is for lots of different things. You know, yes, I think what you're acknowledging there is like, there is a lot of external that has brought you to this place. But, you know, something that I've learned with my eating disorder is that there's also choice, even if that choice feels like it's been taken from us, it's compulsion, it's layered in shame and all of that. And about trying to calm down that fear and so that choice can become more of an option, I guess. I'm talking entirely about myself here. 
but the system can't mold around all of those different external factors for us because it's so underfunded, overwhelmed and being dismantled by government. You know, this socialist system, the NHS, against a capitalist, decentralised, hands-off Thatcherism, the two don't meet, do they? I won't feel shaming you, but if you were a sterile camp pudding, I mean, we'd have you around here more often. (laughs) I do not want to know about you ejaculating, please, particularly in the same breath as you talking about lambs, kidneys and a bag of piss. (laughs) JRF there. You get back to your G&T at the end of the bar, dear. Hi, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. Hi, everybody at the bar. It's Providenza reporting from Los Angeles. I wanted to keep the conversation going about queer time and the way that queer people experience time and the eras of their life and all that good stuff. Because I think the thing that I notice is a lot of times when these conversations happen, people think that the way that we're doing it, by we I mean queer people, are like doing it wrong. Like, we're being youthful too long or we're being this too long. And I really think that that's a product of our culture just um, generally shaming us into always thinking that the way that we're existing is wrong. And I think that that goes double for queer people because everything that we do is being faced with always the option of assimilation. And I think that this like approach to time is actually this really beautiful thing because what we're saying is is that your life doesn't need to end because you have kids or because you get this job. Like we're not giving these markers of success to like your life. The markers are just like whatever feels like good and relevant at that time. And you know what? If you're like a 50-year-old queen having poppers on the dance floor and getting home at 4 a.m., live your life, girl. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, to me, what I see is like, this is somebody who feels determined to like exist in their experience in a way that feels like joyful to them. And I think that queer people are just trying to say like, hey, like we don't need to assimilate into this like heterosexual patriarchy that says your life ends when you're married or your life ends when you have kids. No, like why? Why do we have to orient our life to just assimilate into a culture that we didn't make? Like, fuck that. So, like, live your life. Queer people are great. I don't fucking care if, like, you're youthful to the whatever time. It's just, you gotta search for joy and abundance and community and fuck the rest. You know, queers do it right. So, that's my feeling. And fuck the straights. Long live the queers. I love us. Goodbye. Starting as we are ending today. <laughs> Providence alive from Los Angeles. Suddenly just woken up. I'm suddenly like really alive and well. I'm going to try and meet that energy, Providence, that you always bring to the podcast. It's very upbeat, very live, very thoughtful. And so I'm going to try and be the same. And when you were talking, I was really thinking very strangely of that program Quantum Leap. Now, this was a television program some people might remember from the mid-90s that I was obsessed with as a child, which in one man could travel across time. Like, he would just essentially wake up and morph into somebody else's body and sort of have to sort out something in their life. I think 
roughly that was it. I said, I was thinking about queer quantum leap, right? Of like, whenever we travel back, whenever we imagine ourselves in another time as uh, queer folk, you know, like where our elders were and our elders exist, we always go back to grief. We always go back to hardship. We go back to murder. We go back to death. We go back to absolute sorrow. So I wonder if that's why our version of time and some of that stuff is also there, that we're living for the present and trying to create new histories, which are slightly more joyful. Being a bit tangential and academic here, I'm sorry, but, you know, my fucking podcast, I'll go where I fucking like. If you don't like it, you can go listen to a fucking Murder, She Wrote podcast because everyone's so fucking obsessed with listening to how people died. So bizarre, isn't it? Um, There was something I wanted to pick up there was about you know, our queer way of living and our choice. And I totally get that. And I fucking, you know, I'm about the non-normativity, I guess, and the choices that we should be allowed to make, which are often beaten out of us in more ways than one. But there is a lot to do with our queerness, which can often be about self-medication, can often be about trauma from the past, be it our own historical, socialised, where it's also quite damaging to ourselves. So there's a fine line, isn't there, between living your best life on that dance floor, getting popped out of your nut, and being an addict sometimes. And so I think that's the other thing that we've always got to look out for, is because so much of us are dealing with hurt and ostracisation, that those moments of freedom can also turn into the shackles that bind us. Providanza, as ever, Beautiful to hear you, long-term listener, long-time contributor, and so lovely to have a call from all the way over the way. (sighs) Well, fuck me. Well, we really went round the houses this week, didn't we? I mean, we have spoken about it. We've done misogyny, death, AIDS, ADHD, shagging, queer time and history. (laughs) I mean, we really have... I think you can safely say we have covered all bases. I hope everyone is doing all right after this and we're all collectively having a little bit of a breather with each other. Remember to, like I said to one of the callers this week, remember to make sure that your own mask is on before you start helping others. You know, you can take 10 minutes out of the internet if you need to. I know it's hard to say that during these times where, like, the internet is fucking... Literally all that many of us who are living with lockdown measures have. So... uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm a little bit lost for words. Um, so we'll just sort of like have a little collective. Ooh, that was nice. If you want to pick up on any of the conversations that have been started this week, or if you fancy starting your own, or even if you fancy injecting a little bit of joy, a little bit of praise, something that's happened to you that you were like, I've got to share this because, you know, we're living in difficult times. So it would be nice to readdress the balance if we can. If we can. It's not an expectation, but if we can. All you need to do is open up the WhatsApp and send a voice note to this number. 0788-200-3420. We'd also be really grateful if you joined us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Your donations will help keep us on air for as long as possible. And remember, join in the conversation, hashtag after the tone POD on that their social medias. It would be lovely to check in with you during the week and make sure that you're all all right. Anyway, I think I'm going to go off and have a little lie down, a cup of tea and a large scotch. Uh- <laughs> 
whatever you do this week, make sure you're lovely to yourself and other people because I tell you what, it's fucking grim out there, isn't it? All right, see you in a bit. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, edited by Debbie Kilbride, and is a Debbie Productions production. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.